This is Framed, a podcast where a group of friends get together once a week to talk about movies, what we liked about them, what we didn't like, and how they're made. I'm Elliot. I'm Robert. And I'm Brennan. On this week's episode of Framed, we take a look at Crank, a 2006 American action film starring Jason Statham as a man running against the clock. So... This week's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we decided to do a wild card movie for our uh, our theme of guilty pleasure movies. Um, yeah, so we just went online and searched for guilty pleasure lists, and we found one that none of us had seen, mm-hmm. and we picked one. Yeah, so what we came up with was Crank, um, and this is a film that came out in 2006. Um it was directed by Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor. Um, I've I've never heard of either of them, but I guess they're a uh, directing duo. Its box office take was forty two million on a budget of twelve million. Um, I did actually didn't realize this was such a a low budget movie. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes score is sixty one percent, and the consensus reads. Crank's assaultive style and gleeful depravity may turn off casual action fans, but audiences seeking a strong dose of adrenaline will be thrilled by Jason Statham's raucous race against mortality. And just a quick sample of some of the reviews that came out at the time. The New York Daily News says, It's a promising concept, but instead of expending energy on, say, a coherent script, the filmmakers lazily rely on cheap editing tricks and gleefully relentless sadism. The San Francisco Chronicle says, leave it alone or leave your brain and pocket change at the gate. Strap yourself in and just enjoy the ride. And the New York Times says, Jason Statham rampages through Los Angeles in this retread of speed. But for a movie premised on unrelenting action, Crank proves fatally turgid. So um, I'm curious to hear what what you guys thought of this movie, because I I certainly have have a lot of thoughts on it. But um, uh, Robert, do you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. We all know that I'm a fan of movies. I'm a fan <laughs> of people getting to make things. Um, and getting anything made is super difficult. So I have a really hard time, uh, you know, even if something's not to my taste, talking down to uh, mm-hmm. it. You know, it's great that people are making things that they're mm-hmm. passionate about. Um, that being said... I have never hated a movie more than this film. I am really so angry that this has even as much of a Rotten Tomato score that it does. This is garbage that does not deserve to exist. Brennan, so, so how, hang, hang on, hang on. Before we go on, so this is on your roster of worst movies of all time. This is worse than Uncut Gems. This is worse than The Room. This is worse than uh, Paw Patrol, the film, (laughs) Emoji Movie, you pick it. Uh, This is worse than Tusk, okay? Wow. There there is not a worse film, and I am so excited to take the next hour to convince you all (laughs) the same. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Brennan? Okay, well, it, where to start? Well, 
I... It is not my type... Well, there's parts of it that are somewhat my type of movie. Um, but as a whole, it's not. Mm. I probably won't watch it again. That being said, I did think it had a simple storyline. I thought that it was decently... Mm, I thought it was thought out okay. Um, I really thought it was executed half decently. Mm. Um, it doesn't seem like there was a lot of thought put into it, though. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, <laughs> I could. When was this? When was this movie made? I forgot Two, to look 2006. that up. Two thousand six. Two thousand six. Okay, so I mean, it fits for the time. Definitely. Um, I can definitely tell that it was made. I was going to say late '90s, but early 2000s. That mm-hmm. kind of fits. You can definitely tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a movie. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I think I maybe fall in between you guys in terms of how, how, what I kind of came away with, with this movie. Um, like with quest for Camelot, I went into this completely cold. I just put it on and started watching. Um, like this kind of just like is a perfect example of a movie that has a great idea, but just completely falls, completely agree, completely falls down in the execution um, I, right, I right. did not like how any of this was executed, but what's weird is like going into it, I was, you know, kind of looking forward to it. And then afterwards, after the movie was over, like I, I pretty much didn't enjoy actually watching this film, but then after it was done and I was kind of left with the aftertaste in my mouth and like the actual details of like the, the you know, from scene to scene kind of faded away in my mind, like the after effect of this kind of just lingering in my brain was like, oh, you know, that was kind of an interesting idea for a movie. Um, but like, <laughs> I didn't enjoy watching it at all. Um, and I, ha- I have a lot of specific nitpicks that I want to get into later of specific things that I didn't like. But yeah, like like Brendan was saying, um, this it's really easy to place when this movie was made with the obnoxious editing and the over-reliance on simple color correction. It looked like a, like a 2000s music video for the most part. Um, and uh, I could see what I they I do want to say... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to... I do want to say um, I am interested and I probably will watch the second one now <laughs> just because I am intrigued to see how they made a second one. Yeah, so there is a sequel. It's called Crank 2 High Voltage. And it sounds like even more insane and unhinged than this one. I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing. Um I don't I don't necessarily want to give away how how this one ends. I mean, we'll we'll get into spoilers later, I'm sure, but um it sounds like the second one just picks up where this one left off and they come up with a pretty outlandish way to keep the plot moving. Um, but anyway, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. Um, so 
Yeah, I guess uh, let's let's go through the a summary of the plot and just kind of go through this beat by beat, and we'll we'll stop and talk about stuff as we as we go through it. Um, Sounds great. So the protagonist of this film is a an English hitman named Chev Chelios, and the film begins uh, with a POV shot in his apartment um, as he wakes up after being beat on the head by some gangsters and. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I actually thought that the first shot of this was was a pretty w- strong way to start this film with just a, a one-er POV shot. Yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed that POV shot. Um, I wasn't expecting it, mm-hmm. but I definitely enjoyed the point-of-view shot to start it out. I think that there are a handful of like some really good creative choices in this film they're Mm -hmm. just few and far between and don't make up for all the garbage (laughs) around them um but the uh the directors uh supposedly ran a and b cam the entire film oh that's cool um so that's and as you guys have kind of hinted at they uh were commercial and music video guys before they moved into narrative mm, so that definitely that's why shows... you see the the very you know high energy cuts and you know uh dialyzed footage yeah yeah no that that makes a lot of sense um so uh chev finds a dvd sitting in front of his tv and puts it in and it is a recorded message from two gangsters uh ricky verona and his brother alex who uh beat up Chev and injected him with a a deadly poison known as the Beijing cocktail. Um, and they did this in retaliation because Chev um, was assigned to to take out uh, Don Kim, the head of a rival gang. Um, and so they're they're taking revenge on him by injecting him with this poison that will kill him unless he keeps his adrenaline up. So Pretty much the remainder of the movie is is Chev trying to keep himself alive by doing various things to keep his adrenaline going. Um, and I'm sure I'm going to get some of these scenes out of order because uh, <laughs> as I sat down to kind of like trace out, you know, what what, what order things were in, I, I could, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a mess in terms of like, you know, from point A to point B, where, where exactly does he go? There's not a lot of... Uh, character development that goes on here but um yeah the first place after leaving his apartment chev goes to i think it was a club looking for ricky verona what what did we think about the uh, the scene transitions that literally used google maps images yes quite literally used google maps i'm actually very surprised that google cleared that <laughs> um uh, they were fine. Um, th- this whole thing like reeked of student film to mm-hmm. me in, yeah. you know, like, oh, we just learned how to hide a cut with a person walking across the screen. Let's do that. You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe you two can explain to me what the narrative purpose 
like I understand that the the like reason for it was we don't have a movie otherwise, but like <laughs> the in world purpose. Why did they inject him with a cocktail and then give a uh, lovely little you know video that they burned? They edited and then <laughs> burned a copy of this DVD. <laughs> And left it in his apartment so that he would know who to come after. <laughs> yeah. Now, on that note, I mean, in today, I mean, I would say we don't really see this much anymore. But I also feel like if us would have watched this when it came out, we would probably have a complete different view of this. Um, How so? I just feel like, I mean, like we've been talking about, it's very early 2000s. There are, I feel like I can't come up with exact titles at this point in time, but I feel like there are other movies that came out around this time frame, maybe more 90s-ish, um, that did things like this. Um, yeah, they mentioned Speed in one of the reviews that we read earlier, that the Keanu Reeves bus movie. Yeah. Which is actually what, what I, when we talked about watching Crank to begin with, in my head, until we talked about the actor that was playing in it, um, what I had in my mind was actually Speed, because mm. that was one I had seen part of before. Mm. Um, but as the three of us know, I like to fall asleep during movies. So, <laughs> um, it is, it's just very... I mean, all the way down to the talking about the Google Maps, I really felt like it seemed very 90s, early 2000s. We, I just felt like we would have had a different view if we would have watched it at that point in time. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that um, uh, this movie would not have played at my house growing up. <laughs> um, you know, certainly not the unedited form. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't have been... Uh, watching films like this. I, I was 16 when, when this came out. Um, yeah, I don't think, I, I think your point is, is a good one, Brennan, that like some of the datedness of it, um, you have to remember it is a dated film. Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't excuse cliche writing. It doesn't mm -hmm. excuse uh holes in the plot it right. you know uh oh i completely agree it just seems very very um i don't know if this is how i want to put it but disney-esque villain where mm. they think that the quote-unquote good guy in this because he's not really a good guy but in disney films it would be the the protagonist, sure. I guess we could say, yeah. um, where they, the bad guy normally always says, Oh, this is what I did and why I did it and blah, blah, blah. You're going to die. So it doesn't really matter if mm. I tell you these things. Because yeah. I mean, even throughout the rest of the film, we say he keeps saying, Oh, you're not dead yet. Oh, Oh, you should be dead. Granted, if this was an actual mob, gangster person they find out you're not dead yet they're gonna just roll up and put a gawk in your face and be like pew, pew, and mm -hmm. you're dead <laughs> but right 
Yeah, it did. That the opening scene with the DVD definitely had a kind of, you know, mustache twirling, kind of un- unreality to it of just like mwahaha, I'm going to tell you my master plan kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I yeah I'm I'm not I'm there's no way I'm going to defend it. Like it's a stupid like when you actually break it down to its component pieces. Like yeah, where did he get the editing software to make this video and burn a DVD and like why you know did they just hang around in his apartment while he worked on this it doesn't make any sense just the but yeah on the on that side of things like i don't it just doesn't seem viable like he wouldn't have had the time i mean if you take the time to drug someone put all this whatever camera you and sound stuff you need to put up for this video Mm -hmm. and then edit it burn it yeah he would have been awake by then yeah, right. It it would not, especially since we're talking 2006, like this would have been before, you know, we had all had, you know, nice cameras on our phones and, you know, could just upload from anywhere to anywhere. Like it would have taken them, you know, a couple hours to to burn this DVD at least. Um, yeah, I I mean, I can I can excuse like, oh, we thought this was going to be cool. So we put it in there. Like, yeah. I think you get one of those in <laughs> anything. Well, um, this film takes multiple. We thought it, exactly. that it would be cool. So we put it in there kind of scenes. So I I don't want to spend too long hitting them on this one because there are there are much worse <laughs> uh, sins that this commits. Mm. I just I never got a good explanation uh one i don't really understand why the him take doing a hit uh caused all of this to happen in the first place Mm um well so i can't explain that one actually okay please so the rival chinese gang the triads um that were moving into uh uh Don Carlitos's territory, the guy that Chev works for. Um, Don Carlito, I guess, was worried about retaliation from the Chinese uh, gang for for him taking out Don Kim. So he was like, oh, OK, well, I'll I'll hand over Chev so that there's not going to be any more trouble because he he pretended like that they didn't come from him. So he he was going to like use Chev as the fall guy after taking out don kim i think was the idea okay i uh, i can accept that i mean i can push back as well but i'm gonna i'm gonna (laughs) accept it and we're gonna move on we're gonna move on okay before we move away from the the google maps transitions i i just want to also draw attention to the the red impact font that was used to establish location just made me grind my teeth every time it came up Mm. on on screen i just i know that we're looking back on this you know, from 2021 after years of impact font memes and it, you know, maybe impact font was still considered cool in 2006, but that in particular stood out to me is like, just that. Yeah. They should have picked a different font if you, if you're going to do an effect like that. So anyway, so, um, at some point in here, I forget which scene it is exactly, but we're introduced to doc miles, who is a, a doctor that works for the mafia and gives, Chev all the information he needs to stay alive um basically tells him that he needs to keep his adrenaline going and he needs to get to a hospital and get uh epinephrine i think was the drug he needs to get that is correct yes 
Um, it sounds like you have something you want to say, Robert. Well, again, the problem with this for me was the doc doesn't tell him to go to the hospital. That's the second conversation oh. that he has. <laughs> the first conversation, he just says, yeah, keep your heart rate up. Okay, bye. I'll be there in an hour. Clearly, I, a doctor, could do something for you, but definitely mm-hmm. don't go to any other doctor. <laughs> Did he not in the first? I know the the second conversation is when he talked about going to the hospital again, EpiPen, all that. In the first conversation, did he not talk about other ways to... Um, Nope. Also, this. the second conversation. Okay. Yeah. No. You. Yeah. You're right. It was in the second conversation. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm not defending the movie, but to me, it it sort of felt like what they wanted to go for was sort of like a video game sort of feel, because that, absolutely what uh, what you were describing how he just sort of like he gives vague instruction to Chev like oh yeah just do these things to stay alive. And then later he calls again and gives more information. It it very much had a feel of like, you know, the, you know, the video game, you know, tutorial guide that, you know, gives you little pieces of information along the way, you know, without hitting you all at the beginning of the game with everything that you need to know. Um, And I think that they, this was maybe their, like it's not pulled out properly. Like the, the title card for this looks like a video game. Um, and then we're uh, told much, much later in the plot, <laughs> like far too late in my opinion, that that Chev's uh, cover story for like what he does, what he tells people like his girlfriend is that he's a video game programmer, which, you know, doesn't have any bearing on the plot whatsoever. And I guess that they just thought, well, he needs a job, a uh, video game programmer. Sure. Um, What's a job that in 2006, no one really understands enough that they would ask any (laughs) questions? Video game programmer. Let's do that. Yeah. So um, I think that there's like little snatches of that. That was kind of like a theme that they were trying to go for. But it's not executed like at all properly. Um, Agreed. So anywho, um, we're introduced to Don Carlito in a swimming pool scene where Chev gets in the water with him for some reason, I guess to keep his adrenaline going by treading water. Um, and we sort of learn that Don Carlito and Ricky Verona are working together, but I thought that this scene was extremely clunky and didn't get the exposition across very well. This whole film was clunky <laughs> and didn't get exposition across. Okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll stop uh, pointing that out uh, for every single scene then. So um, we're introduced to Kalo. Uh, I'm not really sure other than that he was a contact of Chev's. Um, and so he tells him where to find Alex, which is Ricky Verona's brother. So they go to this restaurant, I guess, and he chases, Chev chases Alex into the alley behind the restaurant. They have a fight with a butcher knife. Uh, Chev cuts off Alex's hand and then proceeds to kill him. Um, then he calls Ricky Verona and, and taunts him a little bit. Um, 
there was a scene where Chev randomly robbed a convenience store in there somewhere. I don't remember exactly where that was, and he drives his car through. Yeah, it Can was I... before the phone call to uh, get him to come. You've completely skipped over <laughs> the giant set piece of driving the car through the mall. Yeah, I, I was I was uh, getting to that, actually. Uh, I, I couldn't remember what order these things happened in. But yes, the mall scene where he he drives the car up the escalator sideways um yep totally That's believable during the second uh second conversation with the doctor right right now um at this point uh i want to bring up edgar wright because um the first of all the the mall chase scene uh very much reminded me of the the much better executed mall chase scene at the end of baby driver um sure. and like it mm, yeah. just popped into my mind um to me, this entire movie sort of feels like these guys watched like Shaun of the Dead, like drunk at a party and like fell asleep halfway through it. And then later decided they wanted to emulate that style. Didn't really get the, get a grasp on like why Edgar Wright is like, you know, a master editor. Um, right. That being said, um, I, I happen to notice an interesting factoid on Wikipedia Um right before we started recording. Um, according to this, uh, apparently this is Edgar Wright's favorite movie starring Jason Statham. So take there that, you okay. take that for, for what it's worth. Um, yeah. Anyway, what did you guys, uh, get Edgar Wright vibes from this? No. <laughs> okay. Like I, I said, mean, not, I... not in a good way. Like, like they sort of like, we're trying to ape his style without really, understanding like why it works i can absolutely see like where you could uh draw similarities um but for me it did not like i don't think that quick cuts or or snap zooms equals edgar right no no um, not at all no i so and i'm not i'm not like, saying i don't i don't think this movie's even in the same league as as his films. um i i get that i just like i think i think you could definitely you know make a case for them being inspired and wanting to homage that style mm -hmm. but i i don't think they uh nailed it if that's no. what they were trying to do i think specifically what reminded me of edgar wright apart from the the mall chase uh that i mentioned already is the anytime they put subtitles up on the screen for comedic effect like that to me seemed like a very like sort of scott pilgrim kind of yeah. thing to do yeah i i would agree with that i think that probably was the most edgar feeling of everything for me mm-hmm yeah, so um you know, that being said, I I didn't think they were well-timed jokes. Um like none of the subtitle jokes made me laugh, but you know, they they tried. They tried. <laughs> they get some points for trying. <laughs> um so yeah, so eventually we make it to the hospital where Chev goes on the hunt for for an EpiPen. Um he first tries by going to, it looked like the hospital gift shop or like the pharmacy 
or something. It was the pharmacy. Yeah, it was a pharmacy. Yeah. Um, And so then he, the police show up and start chasing him through the hospital. I, I actually thought that the scene where he's like sort of holding on to the cart with all the medicine in it and the other doctors are running with him, like that kind of halfway worked for me. Like I, I, I was so I actually think that that scene, that moment between him and the doctor or nurse or whoever uh, he was shoving a gun at, uh, was probably the most successful moment in the entire film. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn Howerton is the uh, actor mm. uh, who plays the medical person there. Uh and at this point, he would have done, like, one season of Always Sunny. Mm. Um, he, he doesn't do shows that are particularly my style. Um, yeah. But I do think that he's very, like... Uh, calm is a weird way to describe him based on what he does. But, like, <laughs> he grounds scenes. Um, mm. no ma- like, Always Sunny, I don't know if either of you watch it at all, but it's so larger than life mm-hmm. um, in yeah. all its characters. But, like, you just, you buy it. You, you're you like, okay, yep, that's, that's they would do that. I have no questions here. Um, and I, I think even for this short moment in this film, he brought that same energy mm. of, you know, just kind of grounding it um that being said uh why is jason in a hospital gown at this point oh right under i I understand that it was supposed to be his clever disguise to get away from the police yeah Um, can can we talk about like how insanely lucky like even by movie standards he was that the police like that scene where he ducks into the guy's room and hides in the closet that like the two cops look everywhere except the closet. Well, yeah, I was is... extremely unlucky because this, as far as I can tell, is the only room that they search. Um, <laughs> but then they proceed to not search it well. But yes, I was his character. Defi- Go ahead. Brent. I was I was definitely expecting him to be like under the covers yeah. with that old man not in the closet like or about like behind maybe not even behind curtains i didn't even look behind the curtains <laughs> didn't look under the guys the guy in the bed's blankets either but that's that's definitely where i was thinking that that was going because he's like really close and looking at this old guy yeah and why did he look at him for so long it felt like that cut went on forever where he was just staring at the guy in the bed it really did at first i was like oh they're gonna play that he's like uh, grieving at his dying father and the police will be all like oh that's, that's not our yeah. guy and keep going uh but no no we just wanted to awkwardly stay on this <laughs> cut forever um because why not the studio said hey this is too short you guys need to add five <laughs> minutes <laughs> We we need we need to gain some time on this. Uh, it really needs more time to breathe. Right. Um, but yes, he he decides to strip nude, put on mm-hmm. uh, a we'll come back a to hospital that. gown, um, and 
to to hide from the cops. However, he strips nude rather than leaving like even his belt around his waist <laughs> to shove his gun into. So he very obviously just holds the gun under his arm for anyone to call out and have a problem with. Mm. And then as soon as he walks past the cops, he starts running again like how was the, there's two cops. Why not just walk the other direction in your actual <laughs> clothes? Like it makes zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't, can't argue with any of that. Or um, even leave, or even for the gun's sake, leave. I mean, I've only been in a hospital gown, like maybe two or three times, mm -hmm. maybe. And granted, I know there are some instances where you are completely butt naked under a hospital gown but he could have left his underwear on mm -hmm. therefore i mean i know this is not i mean it's probably more safe than carrying a gun under your armpit um <laughs> they could have kept his underwear on and have the gun in his underwear opposed to him running around with the gun under his armpit yeah well he couldn't leave his underwear on because then we wouldn't have gotten the hilarious joke mm. of seeing his butt right. um and right. he right. couldn't hide his gun because then we couldn't have more chase scenes it's just one of those kind of backwards ways of of making movies where you're not really thinking about like what's logical for the character to do next but you sort of have in your mind well a chase scene should go here or oh we need more action here and so you sort of reverse engineer to that point, like have your characters do stupid things to get you to the next set piece or to the next chase yeah, scene or whatever. That's, that's really what I meant by it just feels like a student film mm -hmm. throughout. Um, and like I'm pointing at us more than anyone here. Oh yeah. But like if you look at six shots, which <laughs> was my first ever attempt at writing and, and, doing a film thing um it was a hundred percent just like okay um i'm gonna wear a leather jacket and i'm gonna outrun cars and mm. i'm gonna get my crush and i'm gonna beat everyone up and i'm gonna be really cool okay let's figure out a plot that'll let me do all those things right right um and this very much was like okay we're gonna have a helicopter and we're gonna have a car in a mall and <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of mostly naked women let's figure out a plot <laughs> right yeah gosh I, I forgot how many strippers were in this um but thank so many needlessly <laughs> naked women we're getting ahead of ourselves but oh my goodness could you make it at least somewhat believable that you've actually met a human woman in your life. The one female character that has any like character in this thing is more concerned about her lip gloss than getting shot at. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maybe this would be a good time. I did want to talk about the, the scene where he steals a, uh, a police motorcycle and then proceeds to stand up and, and we see a glorious shot of Jason Statham's butt. But I think we <clears throat> kind of already touched on that and probably need to keep, the, keep the show rolling. I mean, 
once again, it's just like, okay, he he takes the cop's gun. <clears throat> okay, that that makes sense. We're here for it. Um, but then rather than saying, okay, I've got the gun. I'm also taking your bike now. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a human would. He throws the gun aside and to distract the cop and then grabs the bike. <laughs> well, he's got, got nowhere to put the gun because he, he took his clothes off. Such a good point, Elliot. I retract <laughs> everything I have ever said about this film. It is better than Citizen Kane. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I, I since you brought her up, I, I do. We're about at the point where Eve gets introduced into the story um, with a really awkward cell phone call to sort of introduce her at first, where doesn't he just straight up tell her that like, I've been chased and yes. I'm poisoned and like, I'm going to die 100%. soon. Okay. Okay. Yep. So here's, I thought that they were going for like a, a Tarantino kind of vibe here where, Oh, she doesn't really care that like, she's like fully aware Correct. of, of yes. his jo- day job and like she's just oh whatever you know like yep. it very much struck me as like oh they're trying to do like a pulp fiction ty- type of th- yep. thing here um <clears throat> but then <laughs> later we find out that she doesn't even know what he does so why did she react that way uh because she's stupid <laughs> that's why she's written to just be a complete idiot yeah Which, she she's by a the, by the... yeah go ahead brennan <laughs> i just but I mean, going talking about how stupid she is to all the other women in this, it's very sexist. I'll say yeah. that. That's no. a good way to that's a good way to phrase it. Like all of the women in this film are I really don't know if you could find a people group that it is not problematic towards. Good point. Good point. Um, it very much relies on stereotypes to everything. Yeah. But don't worry, the white British guy is invincible. <laughs> like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yes, we, we meet her. And okay, I, I know where this is going. You know where this yeah. is going. Yep. There I, was it... not a single moment <laughs> in this film that anyone did not see coming. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, we've set up that sex is a way he could keep his heart going. Yeah. Okay? He comes into the apartment. He His heart rate is dropping. He has his almost naked girlfriend there who wants to just mess around. But <laughs> he shoves his I'm... hands in a toaster <laughs> oven, a waffle I'm... press, whatever, <laughs> instead. And then yeah. when he's in the middle of the street, then he says... Yeah, sex. That's the only option right now. And since we're pointing this out now, I was kind of going to point this out when we got to the uh, Chinatown um, when that happened at that point, that where it doesn't make sense at all, like you're saying, Robert, um, this is was another. This I just going to sound really bad, but stereotypical thing when it comes to Chinese people mm. that because they were all they were all none of them were freaked out about it no no <laughs> they were it was such it. a manly magnificent man that, to clarify <laughs> Jason Statham tries to rape this girl yeah I was gonna bring and that then up she just 
Yeah, no, it's it's rape. And then she just suddenly is into it because that's how human beings work. (laughs) And then parents, children, young, old, male, female, everyone around (laughs) is just super okay with all of this and thinks that, oh, Jason Statham is such a cool, manly man. (laughs) What? (laughs) Literally what? (laughs) Yeah, to top it all off, um, like, I don't think this meme had been invented yet in 2006, but they literally used the Vine... um, Bow, 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 bow. I, I don't the Marvin yes. Marvin Gay uh, Marvin Gay yeah, yeah yeah that song like <laughs> uh, yeah um, I I don't think I have anything to add I I thought that this was like shockingly like I wasn't offended in the sense of like how dare they put this in a film <clears throat> I was more offended from the standpoint of this is such a numbskull thing to do for your movie. Like you said, it's just lazy. Yeah. Like it's so bad. It doesn't serve anything. No, it's not particularly funny. Mm -mm. Um, as rape, believe it or not, normally isn't like, (laughs) I just, I have no words. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it, I, I thought the same thing when he got to her apartment is like, okay, I see where this is going. So the fact that they... But that would have made sense. Right. Instead, he just sticks his hand in a waffle iron because we set that up earlier that she was going to make waffles. Hey, you know, it's Chekhov's waffle waffles. iron. Chekhov's <laughs> waffle iron. Um, also, Ooh, what was the deal yeah. with her not being able to set the microwave? That Did that pay off in any way? No. He should have he should have stuck his head in the microwave. It, that would have been more entertaining to watch. It, it literally yeah. just set up him being next to the waffle iron. That's it. That's the only thing that no, was. No, that's not true. It also allowed them to stick a camera inside a microwave. Mm, okay, good that's point. true. Yep. I take it all back. That was a cool, cool, cool scene. Because again, they're only concerned with being cool. Mm-hmm. They're not concerned about story. They're definitely not concerned about character. Um, it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's been a while <laughs> since I've I've seen a character like as poorly written as as Eve, um, in a like in a mainstream sort of movie like <clears throat> this. The script very much felt like it was written by a horny teenager. Like yes, pretty much a hundred percent down to like I don't think any of it was like I agree that it was sexist and packed with stereotypes, but it it I didn't get the impression that any of it was malicious. It was just moronic, yeah, I, like I, I they were just like that. didn't didn't yes, understand I, what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, it's still a garbage film. I'm not not defending it. I just I think that it was just incredibly ignorant in how it was put together. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know if we, I mean, there, the, the movie just kind of goes on and on like this. Um, we have a scene where he goes to a warehouse and finds out that his, his best friend Kalo has, has been offed by, uh, is it his best friend mm. or is it a random side character that, <laughs> that doesn't goes? matter. It doesn't matter at all. Like he uses his Literally. body as a shield. Like I, it, 
I, I don't know. Like the only face to face interaction they've had is when he shot the guy covering him in blood and then said, OK, bye. Mm-hmm. Like, I well, I just want to roll it back a bit to the the scene earlier where we got to see Kalo's taco dance. Yes, like that was cinema point. right there. Cinema, right. at its finest. And also, I'm, while we're talking about his quote-unquote friend, acquaintance, did you guys rec- did you guys recognize him? No, Efren Is, Ramirez. Was that? Hold on. Oh, oh, oh! Pedro. Uh, it's Pedro, Pedro from the <laughs> Dynamite. Is that Pedro? No. It comes full circle. <laughs> that was framed, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, everybody. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I didn't recognize that that was Pedro, but that's uh, that's quite a fall but, from grace to go from Napoleon Dynamite to, to this film. Exactly. And it's just his... Literally, you could take his character from this out... And like even in the scene we're just talking about with the uh, uh, warehouse, it, he didn't even like show any remorse or anything about his supposed acquaintance, friend, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. He's just it, it. They literally could take him out and have the exact same story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I like. So let's take Raiders. Mm. As an example, uh, like Raiders has issues. Uh, I, I disagree. But I, I mean, you could remove Indiana Jones from the plot and everything happens like. Yeah, I mean, I would Denver. argue that's not the point of it, but go on. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm sorry. I'm not trying to derail what you're you're trying to thought. I'll, I'll shut up. I'll s- also, he when he's like twenty five, sleeps with Marion when she's like fifteen. So there's issues. Uh, but anyway, um, the reason that Indiana Jones is so good is because he gets beaten up. Mm-hmm. Like he he doesn't just succeed at everything. Right. And the problem with a lot of action films, not just this one, is they don't understand that uh, I, I think it's a Pixar rule. Uh, they have like 22 rules for story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them is trying is more important to your audience than success. Mm. Uh, and <clears throat> like, that's so true. We yeah. care way more about a character trying to do something than succeeding at something. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't believe for a second that the beginning of this movie could happen because you've just shown <laughs> me an hour and 44 minutes of him taking down anyone or anything that gets in his way. But he just let these guys come into his apartment and mm. knock him out. Right. right. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So I actually went to it like I, the comparison with Raiders is is really good. I, I actually was sort of feeling like Die Hard was maybe more what they were trying to emulate um, in terms For of sure. the, the yeah. structure of this. Um, and I think Die Hard is, is another like excellent, like top shelf example of a of an action movie that gets this right. What you're talking about, how you percent agree character needs to struggle and push against the bad guys and not always succeed at everything he does. Um, yep. I and yes, in this film, Jason Statham, Chev Chelios, sorry, 
gets away with pretty much everything that he sets out to do. Like he never experiences any setbacks. Setbacks. Yeah. That being said, this is not the bottom of the barrel for me. Um, if we ever do John Wick, um, to me that film <laughs> is to to me that film. How have we never? How have we never talked about John Wick, Elliot? Gosh, I feel like you and I are the only people on the planet that feel that way. That is a beloved like action film by so I, like my entire yeah, family. I, I love John Wick too. Oh, I'm a God. big yeah. John Wick fan. I will. Like, I will go down. I will fight you, Brennan. Like John Wick is is like <laughs> I I hate john wick and i'll i can boil it down to one sentence and it's he is unstoppable right he never experiences any setbacks whatsoever he just goes from scene to scene like just blowing away everybody in his path and there is no character growth over the course of that film in this at um, least with crank um no <laughs> no no, no. Hear, me, hear me out hear me out in this no. he, he is at least handicapped a little bit right they he he has like this ticking clock problem to deal with with john okay. wick he's just kind of like i'm i'm gonna go it's, kill everybody and there's nothing stopping me i mean i, I don't want to get into john wick because maybe we'll watch it one of these days but i like i'm so close to completely agreeing with you elliot <laughs> like i do not enjoy john wick at all i will die on the hill that john wick deserves every oscar compared to this film really like it's no contest to me <laughs> i mean there there is more artistry that went into john wick i will grant it that like but i was so bored watching john wick and at least in this like i was like sort of morbidly curious to see where it went next like i mean that's fair so just on a like a personal like how much did i enjoy it level like crank i would have to put crank above john wick i was bored to tears watching john wick we're gonna have to put that in this sometime <laughs> yeah um yeah sidebar i i think we we need to do a round of, of movies i hate so I can do John Wick and Robert can do uncut gems. Although maybe we need to do oh. crank a second time. <laughs> so, so yes. on how this is going. Yeah. Movies we hate. I was like, just movies you hate. <laughs> no, 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 no. Movies like, you know, I yeah. as in the, yes. the, the host I, for that episode. The person. Yeah. Yes. I completely agree. I think that that's be a, good. a great idea yeah. because I also, I was telling Jessica, she was like, well, this will go pretty quick since you hated that, right? And I was like, no, the the ones we hate are the longest episodes. <laughs> so, uh, oh gosh, Robert, think... uh, why did you drag Quest oh, for Camelot out so long? That's what I was about to say because Quest for Camelot was our second longest, right? And it was probably out of all the films we've watched, your guys's least favorite. Mm, like, I disagree with least. Well, Crank. Okay, I want to almost like rewind and take back like all the harsh things i said about quest for camelot now like well, we... that's what i'm saying at the beginning of this when i'm like i can't believe the rotten tomatoes score like yeah there is no way that this deserves no. a higher rotten tomato score than quest for camelot yeah, to I'm sorry. I, I, agree. I totally agree with you robert like we were talking last week about like total inconsistencies in quest for camelot like quest for camelot is like a masterpiece compared to this film's tonal shifting all over the place like, I agree. The, like. The, going back to the, the motorcycle 
butt naked scene. Like the the yeah, yeah. Cho- the choice of music in that scene was so jarring. Like it did not <laughs> fit at all. Like I get what they were. Like I, I I I'll take it back. I don't even get what they were trying to go for with that with that sudden change of of mood and and pace and like what on earth. <laughs> Uh, so j- just so that we're, we're true to what we set out to do. So he goes on from, uh, Chinatown mm-hmm. to the warehouse. His girlfriend shows up, which don't worry. They did set up that she knew where he was going. They did P- props um, for 10 points to Gryffindor. Though I'm not sure how she got into the building, but that's, neither here nor there i mean she probably um, did some kind of sexual favor for the the door guard if we're being yeah, honest that, that tracks that's probably it um we then rush out of there um she loses the contents of her purse uh which is more concerning to her than all the bullets flying at her uh, we have a car chase where uh, she gives Roadhead because that's the only reason she's here. Um, and then we make it to the doctor finally, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, where the doctor says, hey, I've got uh, medicine that can keep you alive right now. Um, but apparently this cocktail has completely changed how your body works and you're guaranteed to be dead now. Right. So he sort of Um, offers him the option of, I can just send you off on a, on a wave of good feeling since you're going to die either way. And, and Chev is like, no, I got to take revenge. Which surprised me. I thought he was going to choose to just pass away calmly. But this is an action Um, movie where they're, they're reverse engineering all the action scenes they want to do. (laughs) so uh we go to the big showdown Mm -hmm. um on top of a hotel Mm -hmm. Uh, oh we've skipped over the monumentally important bit of information that the (laughs) mark that he was hired to take out that started all of this he didn't actually kill right and Um, i i wanted to bring up one thing in particular in that scene when after he's finished the dialogue with Don Kim and and uh, that scene has ended. Rather than just cutting, they just randomly have Jason Statham like fade to black in the background, fade away, was... like opacity down to zero. What the actual so freaking it... poop? So it made... good. I got really confused at that point because <laughs> I was, what was I? I don't remember. It doesn't matter what I was doing, but I was. I had turned my back for literally two seconds at that point. <laughs> and yeah. I, I had to back it up because mm. I, my initial thought was, Oh, he's just having some sort of like previous memory that, uh, from when he shot this guy. Mm-hmm. But then when I, for I rewound it and mm-hmm. actually watched it, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no, I'm even more confused. Almost the same thing happened to me, Brennan. I think I was looking down at my phone taking notes, and and then I looked back up, and he was gone. I was like, "Wait, what?" what? And then I yeah ran it back and said, "Nope, he just he fades away like a ghost." Yep. <clears throat> um, but we had to set this up 
so that he could have his much-needed backup for this final showdown on the roof with Don Kim and his crew coming to help him shoot everybody. Um, So there's this final showdown. Um, Chev gets a second dose of the Beijing cocktail for some reason, which I didn't understand why this was needed at this point, but sure. Um, So Don Carlito gets killed by Ricky Verona. Ricky Verona steals the getaway helicopter um, and Chev uh, hangs on after him. And then we end the movie. Okay, real quick. Real yeah. quick, real quick before before we end, there are two thing, two more things in this shooting shootout scene that definitely could have been taken out. One of which I slightly liked. I mm-hmm. mean, in a not the what happened, but I thought it was well done, but definitely hundred percent not needed. The bird getting shot and the old lady yes. not noticing. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. Internally, I really enjoyed that shot. Not not the fact of a bird getting shot. Just I thought that it it looked nice. It yeah. looked kind of pretty. But it was one an old lady. I don't care if she's old or not. She's gonna. It's if a your gun. bird explodes, it's, you're gonna notice. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, the bird's gonna be everywhere. The the bullet's gonna hit the wall. Like. And it was just completely not needed. They just, they, it was one of those, I want to blow up a bird. Let's do this. <laughs> kind of. My, my similar thing of like, mm, I don't know if this was necessarily the right choice, but it worked for me in this was having her have hiccups while he's trying to have a serious conversation with her. That almost felt um, to me like an outtake <laughs> that they left in. That they just left yes. in. Yes. Yeah. Like I just, I, uh, Jessica, my wife watched this with me, um, and she was like, why does she have that? What is happening? And I was like, Hey, I mean, it's a choice. It's a creative choice. I'm here for it. I like creative choices. Um, Um, but yes, go on. One, one creative choice that didn't work for me was the, the random background women that were just hanging out in, in glass orbs. Like, what was that Um, all about? Well, once you get to a level of wealth and notoriety that, like, <laughs> Brennan and I have achieved, but you're not quite there yet, Elliot, uh, you will learn that all hotels have um, mod- nude-ish models in uh, hamster balls on the roof. That's just, that's a normal thing. Oh, okay. Um, that's how, how you know it's that's, a nice hotel. Mm, yeah. every, every vacation, that's where I, that's, like, top tier where you go, obviously. Yep. <laughs> Um, okay. So, so, so getting back to the, the, the to the helicopter, I, I did want to like cool. give slight props to this film. It, even in, in the last breath, like before this thing ends, I did think that the, the fight on the helicopter was was kind of cool. Um, the the like, flight, yes, but the drop, no. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to the drop. But I thought that the like you could tell that the fight portion was real. Like they weren't doing anything with green screens or, or anything like that. Yeah. Like that, that part looked good to me. Um, and I thought that that was, was well done, but yes, after, after he kills Ricky Verona, he, he plummets to his death in a, well, even, even like before the kill, like the whole free fall, like from the moment that he flings the guy out of the helicopter on the phone, like snap, he's, I'm assuming he snapped his neck. That's, I kind of, 
like yeah. I blinked and he was dead. Um, but like hundred percent, you could tell a screen screen. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, it's that was off. That, that was horribly done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he gives Eve one last phone call um, before he, he hits the pavement or rather he hits a car and a bounces car off and of it. Pavement. Right. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, like I, I, I actually thought that the having him just not instantly turn into street pizza was just like the final capstone on this train wreck of of um, increasingly improbable situations. Like this was the 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 peak of this steaming pile of crap of <laughs> that, he, that he wouldn't which, just like explode why, on impact. Which is why I am curious about the sequel. To be honest, that's like where, how, (laughs) I mean, I know he's full of adrenaline and blah, 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 but I just, I have to know the one thing of how, how there's a second movie after that. So apparently, um, the, I don't, I haven't seen the second one. So I like just, I, I glanced through the Wikipedia. Apparently the, somebody takes his body um, and brings him back to life for some reason, and they give him an artificial heart that he needs to keep jolting with electricity periodically to keep himself alive. So it basically they just found a new way to do the exact same thing a second time, where instead of him fighting against a poison, now he has this like, I guess faulty, you know, artificial heart that he has to keep jolting himself to keep it going. Don't worry, his doctor, when he returns from his vacation at the strip club, will be able to fix the heart, though. But he just don't go to the hospital in the meantime. Wait for him to come back. Yeah, um, I will say that there are cases of people surviving uh, falls from planes without parachutes. Interesting. Um, it does happen. Um, the one that came to mind was there. I have heard the story. I don't know if this particular one is true, but, um, that a man shoot didn't deploy and he fell on like fire ants and the, like his body, uh, released so much adrenaline from all the bites of the fire ants that it kept his heart beating until um, medics could arrive or whatever. Wow. Uh, So, like, theoretically, if we're going with the, like, he's been shooting up epinephrine the whole time, like, that's actually one of the more plausible, if not believable, moments in the film that he he makes it out of that because also like the helicopter, you know, is probably just slightly above skyscraper levels at this point when they're going out though. Sure. That doesn't hold up to the, how long it takes him to fall, uh, can pull out his phone, dial girlfriend, (laughs) listen to her whole voice mail message and then leave a message. Um, yeah. Yeah. Basically off of, so basically off of that makes me not have to watch the second movie. I, I can almost guarantee you, Brennan, that it is 
going to be the exact same thing again, but with a slightly different central premise. I said it was mainly to see how they kept him alive. Was yeah. Why. I probably would have watched that part and then turned it off, but... <laughs> yeah, I... I also... I also oh, go ahead, Elliot. No, I'm, I'm sure they... It's just a throwaway explanation that they don't dwell on it and they just, you know get you know the minimum amount in to, to make you believe oh he's still alive and then they just go off with their next thing they want to do another awkward moment that seemed like a blooper type moment was the news guy where they had him not saying anything for probably a solid 30 seconds yes. much longer and then just cuts away from him like why i forgot about that they needed that they just needed that extra minute i guess you needed to breathe you know it's important also, to let things breathe also um the the scene where he's he walks up to the the tv on the street where, where there's the crowd of people watching and then we pan down to see his erection did you guys notice that it was <laughs> gone in the next shot no, I, I, I didn't. I just. I was pretty was checked there. out at that point, <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was super not for uh, throwing the cab driver out of his cab and saying he's Al Qaeda and then a bunch of old people start tearing him. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I forgot about that too. <laughs> I yeah. forgot that. And in another, you know, slot of what other stereotypes can we steer into in this film? Yeah. That one, I was super like, okay, here we are. Definitely. Definitely. Since, I mean, nine 11 was still pretty fresh at this point mm-hmm. in 2006. I mean, yeah, that. and I, like I, I, you know, just sort of thinking back to like what I was writing at the time for for scripts and stuff like, you know, like I, I don't think I would have made a movie this like coarse and R rated. But, you know, I think that a teenager's brain is is like, oh, yeah, we'll make fun of terrorists. That's that's funny. You know, throw an Al Qaeda yeah. reference in there. Um, and so that that just kind of goes back to my theory that this was you know, written by some horny teenager somewhere. And then there the, you go. The directors got the script and were like, Oh, let's, let's make this. <laughs> this is already ready to go. So let's do it. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think I, I know what the answer is for our, our, uh, weekly desert Island question. I don't imagine anyone's going to be taking this to their desert Island. Nope. Definitely not. Yeah. Me but neither. Let's, let's, let Let's hear the ratings, though. Yes, yes. Um, uh, so for me, uh, I think I'll go with a five for mine. And that the, my, my reasoning is, going back to what I said at the beginning, that I think that this movie had a good idea to start with, um, but it just completely falls down in the execution. So I'm going to go with a five to say, like, yeah, I mean, on paper, this could have worked. Like, it's not completely without merit there's a few moments here and there that work but i'm just yeah i there's not a lot to recommend about this actually no i'll go down to a four i think i'll 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 bump it down to a four uh brennan 
Well, um, I mean, I pretty much I agree with you. I mean, I was going to give it probably a two or a three. Um, the because I mean, it does. It has a great. I think not great that I has a good plot. Like the mm-hmm. story, it's not bad. It just wasn't executed at all how it should have. There are things that should have been taken out. There's things that should have been kind of moved. When we've talked about those things, mm-hmm. like when they when he gets to the girlfriend's apartment, what should have been there instead of later in a street full of people. Like mm-hmm. there's, yeah. If you had a generalized like idea of hey, we should have this movie about this um, licensed killer to get injected with this drug that keep, if he keeps his adrenaline going, he stays alive. It could make a good movie. Mm-hmm. It they There should have been way more character development. There should have been less... A lot less things in there and added more though that to build these characters up um and for the time this movie is was made the effects the it it fits that time period or that time period that time mm-hmm. it was made but yeah overall it it, it was trash I think in the hands of another director, this could have been like a a classic, you know, like sort of flash in the pan. Like this movie is just bonkers and shouldn't work, but somehow it does. Like, I think that the the makings of that are there on the page. But like, yeah, I I'm just thinking about other movies that are just relentlessly frenetic, like like Mad Max Fury Road. Um, And then to a lesser degree, Die Hard, like it, it, you know, it's not it doesn't go wild right out the gate, but. You know, there's examples of good action movies that are light on, you know, like they know when to slow down and breathe, but they're mostly just like boom, 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 you know, action scene after action scene. So I think this could have worked if you if it had been in the right hands. Brendan, what was your your number score? Was it two or three? Uh, 2.5. 2.5. OK. Um, and uh, Robert? Am I allowed to give zero? Because yeah. I honestly would. Zero. Learn to have a conversation with a woman before you try to write a woman character next time, <laughs> and I might bump it up to a one or a two. This is completely missable. No redeeming qualities. Uh, no one would be any worse off for not seeing this film. <laughs> okay. That being said, taking a step back, um, I did enjoy the experience of of going with something that none of us had seen before, um, like just that kind of complete question mark that, you know, there's no background here. We're all going in with. Yeah, just, I completely agree. Yeah. So I think yes, I definitely it was think we should enjoyable. keep doing this. Um, cool. Well, so that's it for our guilty pleasures. Um, our next Sweet. round of four films is going to be thrillers slash murder mysteries, um, yeah. which is, uh, is a favorite genre of mine. I think it is for, for all of us. Um, yes. 
So, uh, Robert, I think you're going to be going first. What's your pick? Uh, if I'm going first, then first up is going to be Strangers on a Train, the mm. Alfred Hitchcock classic. Classic. Um, I think my, I'm slated to go next, and I picked Searching, which is a 2018 mm. mystery film. Um, Brennan, what, what's your pick? Uh, my pick will be Knives Out. I haven't really heard much about it. It's a newer film. I think it came out, was it this year or was it last year? It was 2019. Yeah. Oh, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So. At, at the end of 19, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think well, it was around a Thanksgiving release. It was, yeah. I will say, do your best to avoid reading or looking up anything about it between now and when we do it. It's best yeah. to just go into the, that one cold. The more blind you can be going in, the more you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And to round things off uh, for this month of thrillers, we're going to uh, go with the wild card film, The Conversation, uh, which is uh, by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that should be fun. I've been meaning to to see that for a while and haven't have never gotten around to it. Me too. So cool. Well, this was a this was a fun uh, episode of Framed, if not a fun film. So absolutely, definitely, fun, definitely fun ride to go go on with you guys. So um, excited for next week. Yeah, should be good. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time. Keep on keeping on. Bye.